What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals mother's milk comes in. Mother's milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about mother's milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash mother's milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The weather is heating up, which means summer is almost here. Macy's is my go-to place for summer fashion, and I'm getting so excited just looking at Macy's.com for new bathing suits, beach towels, even floaties for the kids. They have all the poolside essentials. Macy's has everything you need for any summer occasion, your summer trip, wedding, or graduation. Macy's has you covered. You can shop all your favorite brands like DKNY, Michael Kors on 34th, shop at Macy's.com or in store. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. Hey, everybody. I'm Brooke Burke, and you might be wondering why you're hearing my voice and uh, not the usual duo. I'm really happy to be joining you. And um, I don't know. I guess we just address the elephant in the room, you know, right off the top. I um, have been following, you know, the latest news with with Jana and Michael and um you know, as a woman, I want to say that I have been through two very public divorces. It is hard. Um, and I'm here just filling in. And, uh, you know, right now, I, I feel like a pause, a moment that they're giving themselves for whatever reason that might not be our business yet um, is real and valid and super duper important. So I'm just here to dish and chat. And we have an amazing guest joining us today, which I'm very grateful for, Hillary Goldsher. And she's a clinical psychologist. She specializes in couples and relationship therapy. So um, she's going to be our expert. I have so many things to ask her. And it's so nice to have someone like her to bounce things off of because I'm not an expert. I've been through this, but um, I'm still learning. And I also want to just reiterate that these are all possibilities. Like no one knows what somebody else is going through. And it's really easy for all of us to assume and, and um, you know, to talk about Jenna and Mike. But honestly, uh, nobody has any idea what goes on in the privacy of people's homes. So give them grace. And I'm really happy that Hillary's here because I, I just want to keep it real. And hopefully we can all learn and, um, and grow a little bit today. Well, I'm here too. Uh, it's Mark. And um, I was stunned, of course, when I heard the yeah. news. And people will say, how? How can you be stunned? It's been yeah. years of a podcast with these two arguing, bickering, struggling through their relationship. But I really thought they had turned a corner. I really thought that 
um, Michael had reached a, a point in his uh, therapy that he was past what he's being said to have done in the press. And I don't know what he's done. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to assume anything. But there's a lot out there about infidelity on his part. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. happened again or not. But if it has happened again, that's what I'm completely shocked about. Just knowing him over the past few years, I really felt he wanted desperately to put that part of his life behind him. Yeah, you know, and, it's, it's, yeah. I got, you know, I, I, one of those cheesy quotes, but I swear it's so true that everybody else's opinion is really none of our business. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of like the mystery, you know, having gone through two marriages, four children, two divorces. Um, you know, sometimes we we just don't get to be who we hope to be in a relationship. And one of the turning points for me um, in my most recent divorce to David, and, and I feel really comfortable today saying that I had a chance to marry the love of my life. Like we had a mad love affair, connection, chemistry, two beautiful children, like conceived from love and raised in that same vein. And, you know, it was devastating to feel in moments that I failed. And my turning point was when I realized that I I wasn't giving up and I didn't fail. It was just time to let go. And it was time to sort of meet my relationship that was hard with um, honesty and a bit of a surrender, if that makes sense. And, um, you know, I have a podcast called Intimate Knowledge and we sort of broke it down when I was very raw and vulnerable. And, you know, sometimes those are the greatest times to bring light to this challenge because I struggled in the letting go of the fairy tale that I wanted and the letting go of who we were trying to be and yeah, therapy and yeah, kids and all this stuff worth fighting for and the moment in time. And by the way, we worked on it for years before we had our, 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 our transition into change. And, you know, that's the way everybody calls it something fabulous publicly. Right. I mean, you remember all the criticism, (laughs) you know, with so many people in in the press. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, it was time for change and I had to own that. And that was freaking hard. You know, I was reading, um, you know, Jana's post last week and um it was right before i agreed to to co-host today and and to come in and fill in and you know as a woman i was like girl absolutely take your time take your moment and it deserves no explanation but i also read it and it brought me back to that time in my life several years ago when i was like okay i've shared my life publicly with everyone i've opened everything up i've committed to be honest and now do I really have to talk about it? What do I say? What do I not say? How do I protect my family? Is it time right now? What does that look like? Is it cheesy to do it? And it's like, what the hell do you say? What's my like one paragraph statement? And reading her post that I thought was so beautifully put, um, honest, painful, vulnerable, all the things that it that it um, needed to be for her. And I just, I, I really feel for for the fa- you know the family, the couple. And um, there's no right or wrong way to do it, right? There's no right or wrong way to stay married. There's no right or wrong way to separate. And 
you know, I just, I hope that everybody, you know, listening gives them grace and the support publicly is so amazing. And then there's also like this desperate need, I think as a public person for a moment of privacy and to have freedom to become unraveled and to be upset and to feel like crawling into a hole or a ball or whatever you need to do as a human being. It's not just woman to woman, it's the whole family. So I, I just, I, I wanted to say that and, um, you know, we can guess all we want, right? And and it's hard. It's really, really hard to and then know that, what anyone's going through. What you're mentioning, that element is not something I can relate to. A lot of, 99% of people get divorced. They tell their family and friends and it sucks and it's hard. But the fact that you and Jana have to make a, a public announcement to the yeah. world and you have to craft a statement and all that stuff, that's got to be a whole other added level of, of stress and headache. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you're bleeding, you know, and there's gunfire mm -hmm. going off in your head and you don't really even know what to say and you're just trying to survive it. Um, and so many people do it and try to be super strong. And, you know, as a woman, I I've found it to be extremely valuable to give yourself that room to feel whatever you need to feel, anger, resentment, pain, letting go, joy, whatever it is. Um, from the outside looking in, nobody really knows what two people are going through and why and when, when the right time is. Um, but it's hard. That transition is really, really hard. So fortunately we have Hillary <laughs> joining us today. She's going to give us some professional insight. And I just want to say quickly that all the stuff that we're talking about today, these are just possibilities. And I, I want to like take ownership in that, that people get it right. They get it wrong. And, and people that are going through similar things that I've been through, that Jana's going through, that her family's going through, these are just possibilities to consider um, and rolling through that change. So, um, yeah, let, let's get her in here. Hey, how you doing? Hi, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. We're happy that you're here and, and trying to do this very delicate dance of talking about life, love, divorce, change, transition. Curious what you might call it, <laughs> doctor. All of that, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. Like a, a grief filled episode of time for sure. That's the biggest word that comes to my mind, you know, with those kind of changes yeah. and that kind of loss. Absolutely. I mean, to tell everybody that's listening just a little bit about you, what you do, what your specialty is. I'm happy that you are, um, you know, the queen of couples and relationship therapy, which is awesome because everybody needs as much advice in that area. Um, you know, and let's, let's just see if we can give them some good positive takeaways. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Dr. Hillary Goldscher. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. And normally at this point, I say in Beverly Hills, but now operating out of my home office in another location for in sure. California, right? But my specialties include, of course, couples and parenting, as well as trauma and depression and anxiety. So yeah. this is right up my alley. And um, yeah, I'm so glad we're able to have this discussion in such like a timely real life moment, even though it's so tricky. It, you know, it is tricky. And I've been through it twice. We were just um, talking about that a little bit and just, you know, honesty, vulnerability, I think freedom for couples to do whatever they need to do in this process. And, you know, the tricky part too, is being public. And, you know, even today, having a conversation, you know, without them, about them, um, you know, I kind of want to keep it personal and, and, and keep it relevant for other people who are struggling as well, because, you know, two of my divorces were completely different. Um, both traumatic, both super painful. I have four children, two and two. Um, you know, there's moments of 
feeling like you failed. There's moments of, of allowing yourself freedom to change and grow. And there's just like a whole rainbow of emotions and then doing it publicly and trying to have game face on as a woman and trying to be a mom and showing up and going to work and finding the right narrative to tell people who care about you. Um, like that's a whole nother level of coping with separation, divorce. I mean, are we using the D word today? I mean, I, that seems like even like there's baby steps, right? To getting to that place. So many things to unpack. It's like you, you made me think of two really important things, which is like just validating the mess of it, validating how hard this is, validating how grief filled it is, how anxiety provoking it is, how depressing it is, how upsetting it is, whether you're in the public eye or not. And I think we all could agree that having this kind of split in the public eye adds a whole other component, but just how difficult it is in validating that and making it normal, even though this experience is sort of awful and abnormal in a certain way, anyone going through this knows that you visit these stages of upset and these stages of devastation and letting that sort of be okay, I think is a really important message. No one is going to feel okay in the situation that um, Jenna finds herself in or in a situation of any breakup, especially with kids. Yeah, for sure. And you also reminded me of something that I wanted to talk about as I was thinking about getting together with you today, which is that I feel like every marriage or partnership, if it ends, has its own sort of afterlife, has its own specific grief-filled story, and has its own journey of recovery. They're both different. Mm. Almost build like a new relationship with the partner that you're splitting with, even if it's just in your mind, um, dealing with resentment, dealing with anger, dealing with the feeling of loss, dealing with co-parenting, if that's on, a t- on the table. It's like a whole new relationship with that person has to be formed while you grieve the loss of the relationship you thought you had. Uh, yes. That- you made me think of something in my first divorce. Um, both of them were really necessary. So I'm just going to speak about myself because that feels more you know, appropriate. Oh. Um, and I remember someone giving me a book called A Working Divorce. I think that was the title. We should look it up. And it was really instrumental because my goal was to have a better relationship as exes than we had married, which is not easy. And it's not easy with children. And it's not easy depending on your partner's personality. Like my ultimate goal in life and was sort of to take the high road. Okay, lucky him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're not always met, you know, with with, with that, you know, same type of intention. But figuring out ways to shift into a new way of communicating, new boundaries, new respect even. Um, so there were, a, there were a lot of things that I did, obviously therapy, but there were some really instrumental books that I read as well that helped me get really clear kind of on the story in my mind. Um, you know, there's always several parts to everything and the truth lies in the middle and there's someone else's evaluation and whatever. And I think when you're in trauma, and I'd love to hear your, your, your sense on this, when you're in trauma or where you're going through like a painful shift in your life, sometimes we don't really see it for what it is. Um, you know, and my, and my second divorce was even harder because um, we had a very deep love. I was really fighting for the success of that love because I had already been divorced once and I already felt unsuccessful in marriage. I try not to use the word failure anymore. 
I already felt like I broke two little girls' hearts and I was like, I'll be damned if I'm going to do that again. So I was fighting the good fight for myself, for my children, for my husband, for my own commitment to myself and my own sort of commitment to like, I'm a big girl now and I should know better. And I already f***ed this up once and I am going to fight for this, for all the right reasons and all the reasons worth fighting for. And there was, it was the time when sort of together we realized that we weren't celebrating each other anymore and we weren't being great examples for our little children. And we weren't loving each other the way that we both hoped and wanted and deserved to be loved. And we kind of leaned into that decision together. Um, but you made me, made me think of something and I, I want to just bring a very a realness to this. There were times, even though what I'm saying sounds really beautiful and mature, when we hated each other, where it was freaking toxic on the sports field. I mean, like painful to show up for my son at soccer. And there were times when we cried in each other's arms. There were times where we were able to connect, like it gives me goosebumps and makes me emotional, but times where I needed him to let go, where I kind of needed to meet him in love to let go and transition. And times when I couldn't stand the sight or smell of him where his energy. I, so you go through all kinds of things and then everybody gives you advice and everybody tells you how to do it. And I just think people need to give themselves grace to feel whatever the hell they're feeling, when they're feeling it. Like you said, there's no appropriate timeline and you've got to roll through that as a human being without expectations, like your own journey of healing. Do you agree with that? Like, Yes, I'm so glad you exposed both sides, right? Because those things can coexist. They yeah. do coexist, right? Yeah. But there can be these moments of like peace and connection and understanding and like hope for the future. And then these moments of total trauma, total devastation, total toxic toxicity. Yeah. And most people in divorces experience both. And saying it out loud is going to be healing for people listening. That's normal if you're visiting both sides. And, and I couldn't say it before because I didn't understand it before. I, I didn't understand or have faith that it was going to be okay when I was in it. When you're in it, you can't, you, you usually can't see it. And I had two that were so different. One was awful. The other one was awful too, but the learning lessons and possibilities and um, the things I did wrong the first time, I think really helped me to step up the second time. And I was bleeding inside, like heartbroken. Like there's no shame to my vulnerability in that I wanted to stay married. I had like a deep love and maybe I wasn't great at it. Recognizing that the marriage just kind of sucked was heartbreaking. Um, recognizing my faults, recognizing him faults, but just having that sort of come to Jesus moment where it was like, it's time now, like did everything we, like it's time. And getting to that point of letting go and saying like, it's time for us to get a divorce. Like, uh, 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 like, like you could die. Like you feel like you're going to die. Like you can't breathe. Like you physically can't breathe. Those two so. notes are almost intolerable, right? The truth of like <sighs> loving someone so deeply and at the very same time, knowing that it's unsafe or unhealthy to stay together. It's almost otherworldly, the pain that that creates in two people, yeah. right? And coming to that decision. <sighs> 
that devastating decision that you can't be together and be safe and healthy is, is, is you alluded to, is traumatic. And, traumatic. And so, traumatic. And so a key- And how about like, how could we not be who we thought we were? Like when you look at someone and go, you're not who I thought you were, but maybe they are. And maybe I thought you were someone else, or maybe this relationship that we've been fighting for and holding on to is never going to be what I dreamed it would be. I think that was the hardest part was the re- the reality of it is what it is. Like I am looking like, okay. And I think I've learned, I think I've learned this. This is a hard conversation, everyone, because I'm talking to a professional. Sometimes we're in our head and we think we know what we know and we don't know shit about what we don't know. Um, the reality of accepting the facts, like, for example, I'll give you an example. I don't think I've ever talked about this, but whatever, we're, we, we all grow up. We all grow up from our reality. I remember when I went to New York and I came home and he had moved out. And yet he kept talking about how he wanted to work on it and he didn't want to divorce and blah, blah, blah. And I could have taken that in and been like, he really doesn't want to divorce me. You moved out. Fact be told. I went to New York. I came home. You packed up your shit and you moved out. I had to learn how to just take facts for reality. And mm. that's really hard to do. Like when you're in your roller coaster of emotions and pain, right? Like, yes. You're taught someone's doing wrong things. Like just the facts are that we, and we look, we make, we're, we're women. Like we make excuses. We put our war paint on. We're super brave. We'll fight the fight. We can take it. Like, we can take a lot. Men too, men too. Like this isn't anybody's like fault. We don't, you know, everybody has their role in it, but it's hard to get real. Right. I think you're talking about, and this word was coming up as, as you were describing your sort of personal story is like disorientation, right? You, you're looking through one lens for so long, this lens of you and him and seeing yourself a certain way, seeing him a certain way, seeing your life a certain way. And it's totally disorienting when it starts to crumble. And so we may fill in the blanks another way, right? That doesn't include the truth. That doesn't include the facts. We can't take them in. We can't absorb it because it's too disorienting. It's too traumatic. And again, even though in retrospect, we might beat ourselves up or think, like, how could I have missed that? Or how could I have tolerated it? But I don't think those are the right questions to ask. The sort of the, the, the way to look at it is, is your depth of love, your willingness to sort of uh, persevere, your ability to have faith in people, and then your ability to also recognize a truth when your heart and soul and mind are ready for it, right? And that happens for different people at different times. And circling back to something we said at the beginning, there's no manual. There's no judgment that should be ascribed to when that happens for people. It happens at different times for different reasons based on the individuals involved. And we want to honor that journey for someone, not judge it or mm-hmm. second-guess it or try to reframe it. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. 
And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. You wake up with a sore throat and a low-grade fever. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are, well, get sicker and miss work, hope to see a doctor this week or sit hours in a crowded urgent care waiting room. Nope, not me. I have a smarter option because listen, as a mom, we cannot afford to get sick. So therefore moms, I got something for you. My medical emergency kit. When you get your own medical emergency kit, you just match your symptoms to the doctor recommended prescription in your kit. No waiting to see the doctor. You get well faster. This is not a first aid kit. It's like having an urgent care in your home. It includes doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues like COVID, strep throat, pneumonia, all kinds of infections, including UTIs and many more. Plus a doctor's guide. So you'll know exactly which med to take and how. As a working mom of three, like I said, I cannot afford to get sick and I definitely don't have hours to spend in the urgent care waiting room. My medical emergency kit brings me peace of mind. It makes me feel so much better knowing I can be prepared for whatever might come up. And also with a young little baby, I got to stay healthy. I recently used the anti-nausea medication included in the kit. I was shocked by how much better I felt after taking it. The instructions in the kit are super clear and easy to understand. And I'm so glad I have my medical emergency kit on hand. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash Jana and use promo code Jana. That's promo code Jana at twc.health slash Jana. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. 
Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. I am all in. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. This is Scott Patterson. You know me as Luke on the show Gilmore Girls, and I have a podcast called I Am All In. So, you know, here's the thing about the podcast is I've never, ever, ever seen, only seen one movie and I've only seen the pilot. So 153 episodes and three movies I have not seen. And I know you guys have been binge watching it through the COVID and, you know, for 21 years and generations of families and mothers and daughters. And let's watch it together, guys. You know, we'll share stories. We'll share the memories. Uh, I've got a million stories to tell, especially about Sean Gunn and Milo Ventimiglia, and a lot of other people, too. And guess what? You can pull out your cell phones and use them during the podcast, I guess. How am I going to know? You come into the diner and do that, that's a different story. Listen to I Am All In on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, and don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S C O T T Y P.com, ScottyP.com. Grade one specialty coffee. Would you agree that we're in denial? It's sort of a coping mechanism sometimes, or there's an acceptance to just not rock the boat because I, it was leaving was harder than staying. I want to just put that out there for everyone who's struggling. And I believe in marriage. I fight the fight. I'm like, I, I, I actually, I don't know if that's true. Let me think. I was going to say, I believe in forever, but forever looks different. I don't know what forever looks like because of my, my past and my history, but I, but I believe in love and I believe in long-term commitment, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think the idea that we have to give up this dream, this notion, this narrative that we had for our lives is so, so devastating that the trauma of that, the fear of that keeps us paralyzed, keeps us stuck, keeps us rewriting the narrative so that we can stay, we can do the quote easier thing. And I know what you're saying. I mean, Mm -hmm. you sort of underscored that like right in a way it was easier to stay it makes sense that way we don't have to have that disorientation experience that deep sense of loss and that grief and face the world through this completely new lens it makes so much sense that mm-hmm. it's safer to stay even if it's I don't know toxic unfulfilling yeah. all the things that you or others might experience how do you guide couples um who are not quite 
like when you like, okay so like we look through the lens and life is changing it took me a long a long time to accept the change and to even be okay in um my new life like not being someone's wife like i liked being someone's wife i liked living here together as a family i liked i felt very safe having my husband living here even though he drove me bananas um and I say that with love now because we drove each other bananas. But I, I, there were so many parts of it that I liked. And the new life, the change, didn't feel good, didn't feel comfortable. It felt necessary. Um, how do you help people who are like in the in the immediate shift of um, change, where they're not quite there yet to learn from the lessons and do all the things we know we're supposed to do and just the immediate coping, like what, what do you tell people? How do you help people through that traumatic time, this time, like now, like what they're going through? Yes. I try to remind people first and foremost of exactly what you're alluding to, which is that this is a trauma. You are in crisis and our brains do not work during trauma and crisis. I, I call it sometimes yeah. grief brain. We're literally, we are unable to process. We are unable to take in new information. We are unable Oof. to mobilize hopefulness. We're unable- Like scientifically, we can, like baby brain, like you can't- Literally, yeah. there is something called a grief brain where your, your neural pathways are not firing like they normally would be when you're not in trauma, when you're not in crisis. So while that might not make a person feel sort of physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually better in the moment, that information, that sort of psychoeducation is useful to know that like, this won't always be the case. I won't always feel this way. And I shouldn't rely on how I'm feeling now and how I'm feeling about the future to make predictions about what my life is going to look like. Rather, I should really lean into and acknowledge and validate that like I'm in crisis, I'm in trauma. While it's completely uncomfortable and awful and devastating, this is kind of what it looks like and feels like. And it's all I should expect right now. And to have some faith that like the resilience that you have in there and that um, the support that you have and that the very tools that you use to make the decision to leave will emerge as mm -hmm. part of your support network, if you will, both kind of internally and externally as you rebuild. I love to say, and I sort of alluded to this before, but I love to say to clients the idea that like no feeling state ever stays the same. And when you really take that in and think about it, that's always true. You really mm -hmm. can't name a feeling state that you're like, that never shifted, that never changed. It never changed in its duration, intensity, et cetera. So leaning into that truth sometimes helps too. It's just kind of a factual thing. It won't always feel this way and that you should um, wait to make decisions about what you imagine um, your life sort of needs to look like, what you hope that your life is going to feel like until you're out of that initial phase and just lean into all the support and validation and comfort resources that you have in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That no, for sure. How do you feel about um, also leaning into the pain? Because I, like as a working woman and a mom, and a lot of people do this, like it's hard to sit with yourself and be in it. And, and I don't mean like self-evaluate and, and like, I, I don't mean that, but I mean, just giving yourself room to cry, to sit in your own pain and, and feel those real emotions. Like I can remember feeling lost, feeling hopeless, feeling 
so sad and not knowing what the other side of it looked like, or if it was ever going to like, and I, and my, my natural self wanted to just get super busy. Cause I'm so good at that. I'm so good at like multitasking me, burying myself. Like work was my gentle therapeutic exercise. I, if I were to just cram my schedule, I have fabulous friends. I had a great support system and I was never strong enough as a younger woman to not do that. I think that's why I stayed married for so long because I was genuinely happy and kind of rolling through it. I had to force myself to let myself be really sad and lonely and not in a punishing way. I had to allow myself to sit in the shit and feel it. And it did not feel good. And I would have much rather called my girlfriend and been like, hey, there's so many ways to drown, you know, to, to, to drown all that. So I just was curious um, what your thoughts are on that. Cause it's so much easier to get busy and just buff it out. I love that you're asking this question because it is critical, a requirement mandatory to move through the pain, to sit in it, to feel it, to process it. Because what happens is that if we suppress it, minimize it, avoid it, dismiss it, find ways to make it go away, even healthy ways, even supportive ways, mm -hmm. it gets stuck inside our body. Like there's still emotional rent to pay, right? Even if we find ways sure. to push it away, it's going to come up and out in some way, although it's going to come up and out in an unhealthy, unproductive, even toxic way. Yeah. So while every part of our mind, body, soul wants to reject sitting in that pain, it's a critical part of this. And, and we can do it in bits and pieces, right? It doesn't have to be a deluge. We don't have to um, sort of uh, wallow in it every minute, every minute of every day. We can use those compartmentalization skills that you talked about where you're sort of like, okay, it's I've been six hours into this today. Like I'm putting it away. I know it's going to be there for me. I'm calling that girlfriend and I'm, I'm you know, having that conversation. I'm burying myself in work, et cetera. But, Baby I, steps. <laughs> but I do think it takes the kind of consciousness that you're talking about and it's really hard to access when you're going through mm -hmm. it. But mm -hmm. people who are listening can more deliberately think through it. Like I need to give myself space to feel this pain. Otherwise it's going to get stuck inside of me and I'm going to get stuck, you know, sort of paralyzed in just this like no man's land where you're not moving forward and um, you know, you're not back where you used to be. You're just sort of in the middle trying to avoid pain. So, like such a human nature kind of thing. So real. We all do it. And like it doesn't real talk. It's way right. easier, right? Way easier. Um, and you're not going to do it. That, that's part of the relief that we need. We need a respite from all of it. Yeah. But we want to be conscious about like, if, if that's the only strategy we employ, it's going to be really hard to move through it. That's part. I'm of glad the you said that rest period in it, because um, depending on how intense a personality is, it's not like one way or the other. And it's like you said, it's now I'm understanding that, you know, the clinical side of it too, which I didn't understand in it. So this is a learning um, show for me too. Um, but making those, those decisions and really understanding what's best for you. Like we clearly don't know what's best for us because we just, our whole world just freaking imploded and we're in survival mode. I do want to say something positive about this. Um, and easier said than done because I'm I'm years healed in, in my process. I don't know if it ever totally heals, but I've evolved so much as a woman and a mother through my experiences. Um, the time that I gave myself alone 
And I was never alone in my whole life, like a whole series of bad choices. I was a bad picker as a young woman, <laughs> didn't miss a beat in the dating world, got married really young, had four kids young. I mean, I just, I just was a lover. Like I was not meant to be alone. I thought mm. being alone was the, not by choice. I did not want to be alone. I would have much rather been the arms of the next best thing. And it would have felt a hell of a lot better than crying myself to sleep every night, which I did. Um, and I needed to. The choice to be alone for me, being a mother, looking back now, was probably the most valuable awakening of my life. Because I had little ones and I have four little ones, right? I never had a moment and I thought I was cruising. I I thought I was doing really well at that speed. I was cruising so great that I didn't even know my marriage was falling apart. But my point is that moment that I life handed me, right? However you look at it, I'm really spiritual. So it depends on your belief system. But that moment, that transitional time in my life that was really hard gave me the greatest gift as a woman that I have ever experienced. And I'm almost, I'll be 50 this year. I never spent time alone. I never fought through that uncomfortableness. I never slowed down to really listen to the language of my own soul, my heart. I wasn't strong enough. Um, And then I had a whole boatload of kids. So I didn't have time to do that. And any moment that I, somebody, I had somebody needed that time alone, even though it was dark and hard, um, there were so many powerful moments of light. And I learned so much about myself as a woman that I don't think I could have learned with a man laying in bed next to me. I don't think I could have learned with a man in bed having coffee with me in the morning or a baby or whatever life, whatever your life narrates. So I just, I just want to say that, that, you know, in the hardest times of our life, I found that um, there were powerful moments of self-discovery for me as a woman. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, it wasn't the way I wanted my story, my love story to end. I had a different idea of marriage. I think I was in love with the entity of marriage more than I was in love with my marriage. And I would have bet my life that I would have stayed married forever. First time, that's who I thought I was. I believed in forever. I thought I was gonna have this happy ever after family. We were all gonna, my daughters were gonna grow up and know that you get married and you get to count on that man and it's forever, mom. Like that broke my heart. But I learned so much about myself during that time because I never had that time. Yes. As a woman. I mean, you're talking about being prescribed without asking for it, but being prescribed this kind of quiet, this kind of room for self-reflection that yielded something that perhaps you wouldn't have found another way. You get that as a, as a wife and a mother, unless you are a badass evolved and you know about boundaries, which my other wish for everybody listening is create those boundaries while you are married, while you are in it, before you're a mother, when you're a young woman, carry that through your life, your love, whatever your chaos is. How do you create those boundaries when you don't know how desperately you need them? And like losing sight of that woman behind the scenes, like I didn't know this in my 20s, 30s. I just figured it out, to be honest. Creating those boundaries for growth, for stillness, for quiet time, like you said, for just selfishness, which is not selfish. It's like, this is like your, <laughs> this is your, your lifeboat right here. Um, we don't know how to do as a younger woman. We're not taught. Do you agree? Like we're not, 
like my mom didn't talk, teach me and I had a great mom. Thank God. I have a beautiful mom who was soulful and loving and romantic, not great at marriage either, but she was a lot of awesome things, but she didn't teach me. Or like, we're not taught our generation about boundaries and about putting yourself first and that that's okay. And I'm not raising my daughters like that. I'm raising my daughters to live out loud and, and to know what feels good and to know what feels bad. And I'd like to raise them to believe in forever, but through their life challenges, I'm teaching them that sometimes change is necessary and that it's okay. And it doesn't mean you bail when it gets hard. It's not that. It's that sometimes change is necessary. And I think that's growth. And that was my freedom in the trauma of my divorce, being married to my soulmate, who I thought was my soulmate, the love of my life. Like I had to define giving up and failing and call it let, letting go. And I had to move through that um, and bleed inside and then heal slowly and heal together here separately. All, all kinds, like this is like, we could talk for hours every day about this. You know, you, you need real moments. You need freedom, I think, male, female, to do whatever you need to do during your time. Yes, right? You you are you touch on so many important things. I'll, I'll I'll pick out the the. I know we're all over the place, but it's right. like oh, yeah. so related. But the the sort of consciousness that narrative around boundaries and having time and space and deep thought around what you'll tolerate and what you what you won't, what's best for you and what works for you and what really uh, defines love for you and what are your deal breakers and all of those things. Being able to tolerate the possibility of loss the possibility of disconnection, the possibility of not having the fairy tale um, from the outside looking in in the service of taking care of oneself. Right? Uh, the service of taking care of, I'm writing this down because, you know, it's so amazing. Like when you listen to podcasts, everybody, like there's so much information. I'm like a note, I'm like taking notes because we're so lucky to have you and your expertise. You know, not everybody can afford therapy, knows how to get, like, it's just a weird time, right? Not everybody even believes in it. Um, the service of taking care of yourself. Ah, that's amazing. Right. But that, um, that is, to your point around people like, don't do that around how we take, how we raise our girls and that kind of narrative, right. Getting really specific, really mindful around those things probably isn't something that happens enough when our girls, well, really our kids, but we're talking about yeah. girls in sort of a specific pocket of moving through the world, right. That that needs to be much more conscious and much yeah. more brought out and thought about. And sometimes a crisis, a trauma, like a divorce starts getting someone who really hasn't reflected on that in like a real way, mm -hmm. in a real way that connects to thoughts and actions and mm -hmm. setting up a life that resonates and connects with those core beliefs sort of hasn't really been done before. So that can be the precipice upon which one is standing as they uh, embark in the afterlife of a, of a marriage is the possibility of kind of discovering those things about oneself. I, that's so beautiful. Um, the service of taking care of yourself and knowing how to create boundaries. No, you said something else and I wrote it down and I don't want to interrupt you. Um, and I'll, and I'll share like a little personal story. You said defining what's a deal breaker. So you, have you ever seen those little like decks of cards or those little, you go to like a spa or whatever, and you pull out like a card and it has a message for you on it. Or like, you know, those little like spiritual, like little sure. decks, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. like goofy stuff like that. So 
um, I think I was at my hair, my hair salon one day and I pull out the little card and the card said exactly this quote. I still have it today. How crazy is it? And it said, what is a deal breaker in your relationship? So I was like, huh. And my relationship was fine at the time. I was like, oh, I don't know. Let me think about that. I put it in my wallet and it was really close to my time of acceptance in my relationship. And I came across it. And it was like my ding, it was like my light, my siren song. I was like, that is a deal breaker in my relationship. And that happens all the time. And wake up, Brooke, like, okay, yeah, thank you. I like, I still have, the, and I kept that card like in the little clear part in my wallet where your license is. <laughs> so I didn't see my license, I saw deal breaker card. And it was just like that reminder, that subtle little reminder of, you know what, like not okay. Some things are, are not okay. And, um, you know, it's a delicate dance to even talk about this because I'm, I'm not pointing fingers or anything. I had beautiful moments and horrific moments in my marriage and I'm accountable as well as much as he is for all of them. It's not a male female thing at all. This is like a com real conversation, an OBS conversation about defining what feels bad. And I talk to my kids about that a lot. Recognize what feels bad because if something feels bad, look into that, like dissect that, like get down in that. Don't ignore that. If something feels, it could be anything. It could be your friend. It could be a tone. It could be like a sense memory. It could be subconscious stuff. You know that we don't even know about. Pay attention to things that feel bad. And I don't know why we're so accustomed in our society to this like mediocre life this mediocre Mr. Good Enough, Mrs. Good Enough marriage that's just like good enough. And, you know, you know, easy for us to say in this world, like we have this fabulous life, but why are we subscribing to it's good enough? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think there are a number of factors that intersect. I, I, I think there is often a fear of assertiveness, right? And I, I say that word deliberately, not aggression, but a sort mm -hmm. of willing to stand up for what one feels they deserve. Or scary, one, scary, scary to um, to sort of um, uh, get uh, get the uh, sort of get the disappointment of the person that we were were dealing with, right? To to bring that towards us, to have them be angry at us, to have them be disappointed in us by saying this isn't working for me. How can we make this look different? Can you imagine those words, everybody, that if we were all mature enough before the shit hit the fan to just say, hey, to your lover, your partner, your your best friend, your your coworker, this isn't really working for me. Yeah. How can we, can we like have a dialogue about making this better? Like yeah. if I would have done that early on in my marriage, instead of just fighting it or getting resentment or shutting down or shutting up or waiting until just like. That opening up the narrative in a in any relationship, just talking about what feels good and what feels bad, sensually, yeah. sexually, intimately, with your kids, with life, love, work, all of that, tools. Like we, you know, I just feel like we're 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 not raised like with this tool set, this this toolbox. We have it inside of us. You know, I I, I guide female retreats, not since COVID, but. Um, you know, I, I, I have a mindful wellness, mindful fitness app called Brook Brook Body. And it's so much more than just fitness. It's very much about mind, body, and soul. But I, through my own transition and my growth and probably my pain, I sort of fell into this female retreat um, 
program and I loved it. I probably did six of them when I was healing through my marriage. So I learned so much from other women going through what they're going through while I was fighting my best fight. And I learned um, what I wanted to do. I learned what not to do. I learned how feelings are buried under the rug. I learned how women lost sight of who they wanted to. I learned how to sort of become the woman I wanted to be, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I just brought that up because there's that transition, you know, that realization, that work, that time, it's so, it's hard work. It's really, really hard work. And I was so blessed to be able to do that. And things that you're talking about, like being assertive, you know, being strong and not being labeled as a bitch, you know, giving yourself permission and not feeling like a victim. Like I remember I did a whole retreat and it was about permission and allowing women. A lot of women came because they needed strength. And we took a shift and it became about allowing themselves to become unraveled. And they're like, what? I didn't come here to fall apart. I'm like, well, maybe you need to fall apart and not carry the weight of the world all the time. And there's like this release that happens. I think when we can own some of that, that struggle and that pain, because, you know, most of us are really good at just powering through stuff and not slowing down to become unraveled. And um, there's all these labels, you know, Yeah, I think part of like what you were talking about, being able to assert yourself, being able to ask for what you want, being able to say, I didn't like what happened back there. Can we talk about it? It's so confronting. (laughs) Well, it's so confronting for so many reasons, right? We have to potentially court people's disappointment. We have to face our own vulnerabilities around uh, potentially someone abandoning us, someone being angry at us, someone deciding um, that we're we're not, we're not worth fighting for in that moment, right? There's a lot to confront when we take the risk of saying, I need more, I need something different. This isn't working for me, right? And we have to stand in our own skin. We just have to be like present and own our own needs. And a lot of ways, there's a lot of messages um, that remain around women that, that, that don't completely encourage that and hold mm-hmm. women in those spaces, right? And so it's super confronting to do what sounds simple, which is to do a version of like, hey, like I, what you said back there really hurt me. Like, can we think about that together? Which is like what yeah. I talk about in couples therapy, right? That's what I talk about when I do coaching in the workplace, a version of that being able to just say like, that didn't work for me. That hurt my feelings. That made me uncomfortable. Can we sit and talk about it? Seems so basic and straightforward, but it's super confronting, super vulnerable for everybody. And so being able- I to- get that. Yeah. I, I get that what you're saying. Cause as a young woman, I didn't know how to do that. I need, I knew how to go, ugh and push you away and shut you out or maybe get angry or maybe go, I'm never going to try that again because that feels bad. Or, or I knew how to just not hide from it, but just avoid it as a woman. And maybe I'm on the, I'm listening now thinking maybe I'm way on the other side of it now as a woman. Now I speak all of it because it's my only way to be seen. Right. I, I remember when we first started our podcast, intimate knowledge. And we had a conversation, um, Megan Edmonds and, and Leela DeVille, who's an amazing intimacy coach. And we were all trying to define what intimacy is. We were having that conversation with our audience. It was amazing how, what a struggle it was to define that word and how many different opinions there were. And the common denominator, what we really came up with is it was, it was about being heard, being seen, being heard. Um, I thought it was so fascinating. Like the, how good that feels when someone just goes, I, like, I get that. I, 
I understand that. Or maybe they don't understand. They say, I don't understand that. Tell me more about that. <gasps> Could you imagine if your partner was like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Can you tell me about that? You'd be like, oh my God, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that when you said that, it actually kind of gave <sighs> me chills. That really distills it down to, I think, a universal truth around intimacy if we all really are vulnerable enough to consider it, right? Is that, that is what intimacy feels like for all of us, men and women alike, that if we're seen, if we're heard, if we're appreciated, if we're known in our vulnerable spots, we feel close to somebody. And I'll use yeah. that one again. It's so confronting to both be witnessed as being vulnerable and to witness another in vulnerability, right? It, yeah. Yes, it's triggering. Uh, and so we all find different ways to avoid it, whether that's by accepting things that don't feel good to us, glossing over, getting super busy, um, engaging in all sorts of behavior to, to dismiss, avoid, suppress, minimize. And that stuff becomes residue between people, mm -hmm. relationships, and sometimes there's so much residue you can't come back. Yeah. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. You wake up with a sore throat and a low-grade fever. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are, well, get sicker and miss work hope to see a doctor this week, or sit hours in a crowded urgent care waiting room. Nope, not me. I have a smarter option because listen, as a mom, we cannot afford to get sick. So therefore moms, I got something for you. My medical emergency kit. 
When you get your own medical emergency kit, you just match your symptoms to the doctor recommended prescription in your kit. No waiting to see the doctor. You get well faster. This is not a first aid kit. It's like having an urgent care in your home. It includes doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues like COVID, strep throat, pneumonia, all kinds of infections, including UTIs and many more. Plus a doctor's guide. So you'll know exactly which med to take and how. As a working mom of three, like I said, I cannot afford to get sick and I definitely don't have hours to spend in the urgent care waiting room. My medical emergency kit brings me peace of mind. It makes me feel so much better knowing I can be prepared for whatever might come up. And also with a young little baby, I gotta stay healthy. I recently used the anti-nausea medication included in the kit. I was shocked by how much better I felt after taking it. The instructions in the kit are super clear and easy to understand. And I'm so glad I have my medical emergency kit on hand. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash Jana and use promo code Jana. That's promo code Jana at twc.health slash Jana. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. amazing work that you do um I, I remember being in therapy and just being so frustrated because sometimes you just can't see yourself and can't see your partner because you're so heated and you're so in reaction mode and you know it's kind of like therapy 101 you know you got to stop you got to listen you know it, it's it's really so hard to do um i i also want to say just having been there and please agree or disagree with this. I, I really believe now looking back that marriage doesn't define you. And certainly divorce does not define you. Men and women, um, having a broken family, I don't even like that word, but it's a redesigning of a family. Like I, I, I really struggled with who I was afterwards because I wanted to be married and I, I liked being a wife, but I also struggled with the consequences of my marriages and, and the, the way it was going to affect my children negatively. Um, and I, and I, and I do own that negatively, but I've also been able to give them so much love and reassure them that they have two homes and two places of love and, um, 
I've reminded them, you know, that they're not alone in that. And, you know, I remember my children were like, oh my God, we're the only ones. Like when they were young, when, you know, we look at the, look at the statistics, which, you know, might mean nothing, but I had to really find words. Um, I had to take ownership. I had to get really real with them. And I had to try to keep an age appropriate open dialogue with my children at different ages. And I also, um, I know we could go on and on and on. So I, I, I want to just end my thought on this in that I fought the hardest to stay open and to continue to believe in love. And I really believe in love and I really lost a deep love. And my heart wanted to just, just like close up because it was way easier. And I fought and fought and fought and fought to um, want to love again, not right away, but to be capable of loving again and to not lose hope in the possibility of a different kind of love and to know that love after a while, after a while. So I'm going to fast forward to knowing that love comes in different shapes and sizes and it sounds different and it feels different. And that was hard, Mm -hmm. but I really fought to keep my heart open And I talk to my children about that a lot. And even in pain, when friends let them down and boyfriends break up and like, I always say like, just love, like just have an open heart. And um, in that space, you know, friendship can come in and comfort can come in and family members and partners in different shapes and sizes. And um, I guess that's my, like my, my, my wish, like to make that a goal, like going through the dark times and pain of love, like, just keep loving yourself, love yourself, let love in. Um, it's easier said than done. Yeah. I couldn't have said that to you three years ago. Uh, well, you're, you're talking about a really important concept that you now can reflect on in retrospect, but that love has different seasons and yeah. shows different ways and different forms. And that's part of what you've learned in your journey is that there was a season for your marriages and some of that was amazing and beautiful and full of important lessons and some of it was devastating collapsing and flattening right but that mm-hmm. in the end that if you maintain like um an open relationship with love that love isn't just one thing it's not just like amazing connection and intimacy it's like complex and, mm-hmm. up and down and ebbs and flows and that's like real love. love yeah. Right. Thing, right. I mean, and, and who are we to like say what real love looks like and you know, what marriage looks like or what the perfect family looks like. Like I have a blended family and we've been through a lot this past year and the pandemic like brought us all together. Like I've never felt so much joy and happiness in my home. I didn't know when that was going to come again. Actually it's happier vibes and the energy's better now than it ever was in my life. So that sort of redesigning of my life, um, that rebuilding, right. Taking ownership of that, becoming the architect of my life, like, you know, and being confused and lost and not knowing where, but getting there. Like I, I have love in my life right now. And let me tell you, it is different. It feels different. It looks different. It is so beautiful. It's so different that sometimes I, I'm even like, what was I thinking? Like, what was I doing? And, you know, you, you, you said that in the beginning, we ask ourselves why I tolerated, why I did this, why I didn't do that. Well, we don't know we're in it when we're in it. So, you know, that grace, that, that, that grace to just, just be where you need to be through the process. Well, and I love, I just want to highlight something that you've said a couple of times in here that is so important around 
divorce and family splitting and children and the fear of what the impact is going to be on the kids and the guilt and the worry that comes along with it. And I do a lot of work in the parenting space and, and I, I love to say a version of like, our job is not to not have bad things happen um, in our lives or for our children not to witness it or be around it. I mean, if we could, we would, but that's not really our job. Our job is to sort of send a message that like, yes, tricky, hard, difficult things happen. And like, here's how you stand and find your way through it. Mm. Here's how you build resonance and resilience and acknowledge the pain, sit in it, deal with it, mobilize resources and like stay graceful and get through it. Right. And it yes, like, I mean, as you're reflecting on how your family showed up in this last year, that that's part of the gift that you've given them is not try to shield them from the pain, not try to pretend that there aren't mistakes or difficulties, but rather that like, this is what it looks like when you're trying to push through. And so when they're trying to push through stuff in their young lives, and as they get older, they will use that as part of their narrative. And that is the gift we want to give our kids, not the idea that like tricky stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You've given us so much great advice. Thank you for being with us. I, I really, I really enjoyed this. Will you tell the audience where they can find you and um, connect with you? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm just sort of rebuilding my Instagram page and I'm about to start populating it with a lot of information around couples and, and parenting and all that stuff. And so that's at Dr. Hillary LA. So it's H-I-L-L-A-R-Y, Dr. Hillary LA. And then at my website, uh, drhillarygoldshirt.com. Thank you so much. You so, so valuable. Much. I love talking to you. And you're super compassionate and gentle. Thank you. Yeah, so nice to meet you. <laughs> you as well. Bye-bye. So while you were on with uh, Dr. Goldshire, uh, E! News just uh, came out with a story about Jen and Mike. Oh, uh, of course they did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they have uh, obtained her divorce filing today. Okay. okay. And it reads that they are separating from, uh, Jen is separating from the former football player. And the reasons okay. are given are inappropriate marital conduct, irreconcilable differences, and adultery. Oh, Additionally, Ouch. the documents reveal Jenna and Mike entered a post-nuptial agreement and she wishes to share custody of the two children. She asks Mike to pay alimony and cover the costs of her legal fees. It's so freaking ugly that we get to... I'm, I'm coming from a public figure now that For all the sure, like yeah. gory details are there. I mean, I remember going through it and like the financial public share, like, why is that any of anyone's business? But, but, but we're in it. And, you know, Jen and Mike are in it. And I think that's, it's hard when you see that and you read it and it's going to keep popping up and showing up and you're going to be sitting at home and you're watching the news. And so that's all part of that mm -hmm. big picture. We're, we're in the business, right? So, ah, uh, but that's, you know, that's tough. And, um, you know, I do want to say that um, Jen is going to be back next week. Um, so everybody can take a deep breath right there. Um, and you know what? It's hard. Like they got to, they got to roll through it. And I'm so happy that I was able to come on and, and fill in today and, you know, give her a moment. And, and I'm so protective of like my friend's privacy. And I'm so sensitive to, even talking about people's personal life. And I feel like, you know, this episode today was about a lot of things and having Dr. Hillary here is so valuable. And I'm really comfortable, you know, sharing my journey because, you know, it's come full circle now, but, you know, it's always changing. And um, 
there's always an opportunity to do better and to learn and to be better and to keep healing and growing. And um, I just, I don't know, I, I, I meet the whole subject matter with such tremendous compassion. Um, and it brings me back to that place of, of you know, it's, it's, a, it's a painful time. And um, although the public support and the comments and all of that, you know, are feel, can feel really good and are really supportive. I remember there were times in my life where I needed to just shut it down. I need to check out. I remember posting my, my statement, you know, like Jenna did last week and I read it on people.com last week. I remember feeling like a sense of relief and the time and energy that went into that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And part of me was like, do I have to do this? Do I owe this to everyone? And then part of me was like, appreciating the love and the care, but it's just like, it just got real. Like when you have to read it, you have to read about your life. That's, that's really hard. That's hard. Mm. Well, thank you for being here today. I can't it's think of pleasure. anybody better who could have given us better uh, yeah. perspective on the situation. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm no expert. It was good to have Hillary to pitch and catch that, but um, I meant all of it and um, love to come back and, um, just want to send them a lot of love and healing light and energy and I'm easy to find as well. So I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals mother's milk comes in. Mother's milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because it's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend and Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T E C O V A S com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.